Comedy LOL Podcast Network. there looks good there all right everybody hey welcome to the terrible podcast once again this week we're gonna open up with a quote that i've been misquoting for like the past two weeks (laughs) (laughs) it's from the bhagavad gita so it's actually not going to be exact because obviously everything's just a translation but the one i found says in the actions of the best men others find their rule of action the path that a great man follows becomes a guide to the world And again, that's Krishna from the Bhagavad Gita. I think it's so important to look at this quote and see that, like, you can be kind of a representation or a guide for others. Um, Essentially, kind of that is what Jesus was, right? It was like, you know... um, living by his example, the turn the other cheek type of idea of forgiveness and, um, you know, just kind of being very giving. And I think that sometimes we lose sight of that. We're so focused on living for ourselves and not realizing that our actions can inspire other people. Yeah, for sure. And at this point in the Bhagavad Gita, when Arjuna, I spoke about this before, but Arjuna is speaking to Krishna in this quote, exactly though, he's saying that, you know, I'm Krishna basically saying like, I'm God, I have it all and I know it all. There's nothing that I need to do. But if I stop my action, then everybody's going to see that I stopped and they're all going to stop. He's like, so I have to keep going on and I have to be that beacon of light for everyone in the world. And to take it to like maybe a little bit more of a negative place and but also like make it like hashtag relevant um, there, you know, the new movie Joker came out with Joaquin Phoenix, who I love. And um, I, you know, I don't want to give anything away, but at the end it's like, it doesn't matter what happens to him because he is the face of a movement, you know? And just like you were saying, it doesn't matter if you go into battle and you die, because if you're going in and you're inspiring others, that movement will move, it will continue on and people will still be inspired and used you kind of as this beacon of hope and this model of what they should be doing. Yeah, exactly. As long as it's a righteous battle. Well, I mean, we could get into what defines righteous, right? But um. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what there, uh, <laughs> a lot of people said that because they're they're trying to. A lot of people say that the Bhagavad Gita will say that war is okay, that's condoning war, but people say that they're just using it as as a story, as like a um, I don't know, the smart stoic guy isn't his brain's not firing today. Allegory, that's the word. They use it as an allegory, so it's anything that you have to do in your life, and mostly, really, what it has to do is looking inside and getting to know yourself and conquering the demons inside. That's really what I feel after reading this several times. That's what they're talking about. That internal battle. It's the internal battle. Exactly. So, okay. I think we can move into what we're talking about today. Um, Today we're talking about the nine of swords. And then we did kind of leave it up in the air as to what the rest of the episode will be. We're still going to look at the other Nine of Swords interpretation, um, but I don't even want to really talk about what we're doing after we talk about the Nine of Swords until we get there. So let's look at the Nine of Swords in the Rider Weight deck. I normally give a description of it, and then we kind of talk about our initial thoughts, any of the different parts of the card that we want to focus on, and then how it applies in different types of readings. 
So the nine of swords is one of the sword cards I feel like people are most familiar with. I feel like it's like this one and then the 10 that most people kind of always think of when they think of this suit. So the background is black in my card. You've got these nine swords kind of stuck into the right side of the card, um, but laying horizontally into the right side of the card. And then right in the center of the card, there's this bed. In the bed, there's a person sitting up and they have their head in their hands covering their face. Um, and they're covered with like a blanket that has these different symbols. It looks like symbols of the um, different symbols of the star signs and um, flowers. So there's our description. You can always look at our Instagram at terrible2, T-A-R-O-T-B-U-L-L and the number two. Um, Brandon always posts pictures every week of the cards that we're talking about. Okay, so initial thoughts. You look at this, what do you think? <laughs> There's a guy right outside my window with a chainsaw. <laughs> can you hear that? <laughs> um, I can hear it a little bit. We apologize, everybody, if you can hear a chainsaw coming through, but guess what? <laughs> a tree fell in my backyard. And oh my God, we if we had recorded yesterday on Halloween, it would have been so appropriate to have like a chainsaw, like someone was like coming to kill you or something. I know, right? <laughs> it's the day after and they're still coming to kill me with this chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, so I, initial I, thoughts here. So initial thoughts, this card just looks like uh, scary, bad news, something bad that happened in the middle of the night, you know, a lot of time, think of any time you get like bad news, you get a phone call in the middle of the night or a really bad dream. That's what this reminds me of. I said for me looking at it, it's like, um, insomnia and because of like immense anxiety, like an inability to relax or just let go of these thoughts that are like creeping in your head. Yeah. Like your brain just won't stop. Right. Exactly. Um, and I believe me, been there um, and recently, actually. So, okay, let's look at the different parts here of the card. Let's start off with the swords, because I feel like that's where my eye is immediately drawn. Um, what do you think about the, the nine swords and how they're displayed here? They really feel like they're coming through mentally for me, for me here. A lot of times you see the swords and you could see how they're in the physical realm with the actual people. But in this card it looks like they're just um coming out of nowhere out of out of this person's thoughts i guess i would say or imagination mm -hmm. and i think what's so important is to to recognize with this is if you do suffer from anxiety or anything like that um a lot of times it's not founded in reality and um one kind of manic or anxious thought leads to another and if i'm looking at the swords it kind of looks like their handles are like woven together so you can see the individual swords, but it also looks like they're kind of connected. And I know that when I was suffering, I feel like from extreme anxiety, it was just like a snowball effect. One thought led to another, led to another, led to, and then it was like, it just snowballed to this huge thing of like, I can't leave my house because what if this whole chain of events happens? And I had so many thoughts like that. And I feel like that's what I'm looking at when I see this. Yeah, I really love that because it kind of looks like it could even be like a zipper. <clears throat> yes. Mm -hmm. So, um, or like it's forming some kind of net that this person either can't get around or can't get from underneath of, get it, I'm sorry, get from, can't get out from. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. 
But then I'm also looking at it and it looks like perspective wise, right? The swords could be behind this figure. They're not touching this figure. And again, going back to like my own personal experiences, it's, it, it's almost, it doesn't almost even matter. Like it doesn't matter that they're not, maybe they're not even close, right? They could be super far away. It's like, you can't escape them. It's still keeping you up at night. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Let's look at the figure. So the figure is sitting up. It's wearing like this, like on my card, like a whitish tunic and it's covering its face with its hands. What do you think? Well, um, it just looks like this person has, I would say maybe severe regret or, um, you know, this also reminds me a lot of times how they talk about how people who have done quote unquote evil things in their life or maybe bad things their whole life. That like on their deathbed, how they have a moment of clarity and then they want forgiveness and they want to like change everything. They confess things on their deathbed. This kind of reminds me of that, like the moment before that, this person coming to that realization. So it could be that as well. I really love that. And I think that's something that we often kind of may not think about. Um, but there are people like that, right? And I think that that's almost like you think like the end is near in terms of this physical life. And you're like, well, I just want to make sure that I, I clear my conscience um, instead of like, you know, living more of a positive, loving life, you know, your whole your whole life. Um, I'm looking at this. And for me, the, the whitish tunic, even though it has like hints of gray, kind of gives that idea of like, even though they're trying to like clothe themselves in these pure thoughts and uh, maintain some kind of clarity they're unable to do it like it's kind of like you go through the motions again I'm just relating this back to my own personal experience you go through the motions of like your daily life but it doesn't matter because you're not fully present there because you're so fixated on everything else going on in your head that it's almost like it's like you're a shell of a person that if someone were to take a picture of you it would almost look like there's nothing behind the eyes because you're so fixated on something else which I which is why I love that you can't see this person's eyes because they're covering them maybe trying to like like get out the reality of what's around them but then you're fixating on these thoughts in your head that obviously aren't going to be the most beneficial for you I feel like this episode is going to turn into like my own personal therapy session (laughs) it's about time (laughs) with anxiety um (laughs) Um, I feel like all these episodes are like my own personal therapy session, so it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Let's look at the um, blanket that's covering the figure. What did you think about that? Well, before, it was one other time in a reading I was doing for somebody, I told them that these swords represent something that could be worrying, like you were talking about earlier, the anxiety, and it could represent the future, and things that might not even have come to pass. So you're just worried about stuff that we're not even sure is going to happen. And we've talked about that before and talked about staying present and how they're covering their eyes. They can't even really see that there's a blanket that's protecting them at least halfway. So Mm -hmm. they do have some protection, but they're just blind to it. So I think I like to use this blanket as, or use it to symbolize the protection that they have. And maybe they just don't realize that they could take it and they could just get under that blanket and have a good night's sleep, but they're too worried about what's what's in the future. 
So I, I love what you just said about the protection. Um, one thing that has seemed to help me is a weighted blanket because it gives me that feeling of security. Um, yeah, I've heard that and, lately. It, a lot of people <laughs> have been talking about it, these weighted just, blankets. Yeah, it, it, it feels so nice. Like it almost, you know how like a baby loves being swaddled like all tight? Yeah. Um, it's it, like that in terms of like, you can obviously like, freely move your arms and your legs, but it just gives you a sense of like that pressure gives you that sense of calm for me, at least for me. Um, so I likened it to that because again, that's an experience that I have. I'm looking at it and I'm saying this person is unable to kind of enjoy the fruits of their labor or what's going on around them in terms of like the flowers, this like life that they have and these, um, potential good things that are going on around them because they're so fixated on the negative. For me, the star signs, because they're just dots and it's fine. For me, it just was a, a, like this fixation on all these bad things that can happen as opposed to just kind of letting things go the way that they're supposed to go. If that makes sense. Yeah. So just kind of letting it go with the flow. Right. And kind of, you know, what's going to happen is going to happen. And if you're fixating on all these negative things, sometimes you can kind of almost manifest like bad things happening. Not saying like, if you think like, I, I don't want to get like really, really into it, but like, let's say you're like, I'm going to step on a knife outside. If you keep fixating on it, I'm not saying you're eventually going to step on a knife, but you could be so fixated on it that you could like end up falling and getting hurt or something like that. As opposed to being like, that sounds ridiculous. Of course, if I saw a knife, I wouldn't step on it. Like, let's it's fine. And how frequently does that happen? Honestly, probably frequently. I don't know. But, you know, <laughs> I think that sometimes, sometimes when you're fixating on things like that, you can kind of manifest them into happening as opposed to just being like, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Yeah, I, I definitely can see that. And as you were talking, it, um, it made me think of a lot of times when you think of negative things or anybody thinks of something negative or they don't want it to happen, that's exactly what does happen. It's kind of like if you've seen the original Ghostbusters, right? Have you seen that movie? I'm sure a lot of people have seen that. Uh, at the yeah. end. Yeah, right? And if we could talk about it. So, so at the end, when they're like, uh, when I forgot his name was standing in front of him, and they're like, keep your thoughts clear. Don't think of anything. And then they think of the state puff marshmallow man, spoiler alert, and then he comes. It's that, it's that um, same thing where if you could keep your thoughts on the present moment so your mind is clear and your thoughts are more on the present moment you're not going to be so worried and you're not going to stray off your path because if you're if you're very worried and you have anxiety and you're focused on that just like you were saying you're you're that's what this card is trying to show you you're blind to the world you're covering your eyes so you're going to stray off your path and who knows what can happen i mean you're not you, you could step on a knife but i, I see exactly right. what you're saying you're not going to you you could manifest it in that way and especially if there's something in particular that you're very worried about just um thinking about it over and over again could lead you to take actions that will manifest it and you're you won't even be conscious of that so yes exactly uh and yeah okay perfect now let's the last thing i wanted to look at was the background on my card it's totally black what does it look like on yours yeah, same thing. Okay, did you have any thoughts on that? That for me just goes to show that this is more of uh, in the person's imagination and their thoughts. It's coming from like the ethereal plane, so it's not the physical plane. 
Yes. And I think that, so for me, I likened it to the idea of like, if you're in a room and it's dark, like pitch black, your imagination can run wild of what's actually in that room, as opposed to if the light's on, you can actually see what's going on. Um, and it's like an absence of reality because maybe this person is just imagining there's all these swords here and then the light goes on and there's literally nothing. Yeah, exactly. It's like, Oh, um, okay. So let's go into, if this came up in a general reading, if this card came up in a general reading, what would you say? I would tell the person that, um, I try to focus on what their anxieties were, you know, what, what keeps you up at night? What are you worried about? And then I would tell them, if you see this figure, this figure is only touching three of the swords. So it's possible that there's, there are, everybody has problems in their life. So this person does have issues, but there's these six swords above might be the magnification from your own anxiety and from your own worry. And it can make it look that much worse. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to agree with you and I'm going to go um, back to like, you know, get my own personal experiences and saying like fixating on those anxieties often leads to a downward spiral and it leads to more worry and more insomnia and more regrets um, or more uh, nightmares. Um, and to kind of fixate, like you said, on the, they're only like possibly touching the three, like, you know, there are things that are going to happen outside of your control, but let's look at the things that are really bothering you. And let's see, like, how do we overcome those or kind of look at them and, and, and lessen their impact in your daily life. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you should open your eyes to see exactly what's going on because it might not be be as bad. Yeah. Right. Okay, so what if this came up in a love reading? Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> right? Yeah, this this would be a, a tough card if it came up in a love reading. I would say that maybe if someone's in a, a relationship, this could represent the worry that they have, that maybe the other person is being unfaithful, or maybe they're not being honest about something. So it's what is keeping you up at night or maybe it's something that you're doing in a relationship that you feel guilty about and it's keeping you up at night. And like we said, if we go back to the swords, maybe in your head, it seems like a big deal, but once you get it out and express it, it, maybe it won't be that bad. I said that if it's came up in a love reading, so I'll go into a relationship first. It's like something's happened that's taken away your peace of mind. So I agree with you. Something that's happened that's like make you worried. I think a lot of times there that happens in relationships because of lack of clear communication. So it's like, you know, and I see all these memes all the time about like, <laughs> about like, um, what is he thinking? He's probably thinking this. And he's like thinking something like, something stupid about a video game or something like that and it's one of those because there is a lack of communication it's like you get these paranoid thoughts in your head about like they're probably doing this 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 because you can make up an entire first started talking remember i told you i made up this whole story you're like no i don't (laughs) no you're no you started to break up what did you say so you said it could be you can make up a whole story in your head that's what you said yes and i Yeah. And I said that when we first started talking, do you remember I made up this entire story in my head about you? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I asked you. (laughs) You were like, no, what? And I was like, in my (laughs) head, I have this entire story that I create because it was like there was just and not that any of that was any of my business at all. But like, um, I think that that's what happens sometimes. (laughs) 
And they said, if you're single, this is, this is potentially being very, very lonely and then filled with regret, regrets about your past decisions. So like, you're like, oh, I think I should have done this, 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 I did it or I didn't do it. And now look what happened. And you know, you can't go back, you know, nothing's going to be the same as it was. Yeah, for sure. You, you can't go back. And the only really positive thing you can get out of the past is to learn from it. We shouldn't say stay stuck there. And I feel like this society overall is like, I don't know if it's like maybe a profit. So there's certain people that profit from, you know, from you living in the past. But it seems that they really try in the society to make you live in the past and focus on the past a lot. Um, so when we always talk about here where it's better to focus on the future and some people say that you should only focus in the present moment and that's all and i don't think that's right either i think you should always remember the past you know and learn from it but you shouldn't stay stuck Mm -hmm. there you know you shouldn't sit around and watch full house all day and say oh I, i wish it was the 80s again or whatever or the 90s i miss this it's like no it's 2019 get your butt out there and have you know create your life yeah, and watch watch Fuller House. No, I <laughs> exactly, because <laughs> that's not about being stuck in the past at all. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about if this came up in a career reading. I'll go first. Um, I think I've been kind of talking the past few weeks about, or and I've talked in in general for you know several of our episodes about a work life balance, and I feel like this shows an example of not having that work life balance. In, time, in, um, in regards to like your job is kind of eating away at you and you were so fixated on it and worried about it, you're unable to enjoy anything else, either the fruits of your labor or your actual life outside of work. Um, and I understand that there are stressors that come up, you know, either financial stressors or things like that. And sometimes those things do kind of overtake your life. But sometimes, you know, you had to realize like, again, like I said, whatever will be, will be. And there's nothing you can do sometimes. Um, I did say this would also be working at night. So like a night shift job, my little sister does that right now. And I think, you know, she gets pretty miserable doing it. And I also like tying this into specific careers and I job that you kind of take the burden of the job home with you, like a mental health worker or a social. Cause like those are real rough jobs. I think it's hard a lot of times to kind of separate yourselves from the things that you see and hear every day with those jobs. I don't know though, cause I'm neither one of those. So you said a mental health worker or social worker, you broke mm-hmm. up again or that part. Yeah. Yeah. Or think of even like, um, somebody who works in like law enforcement, this could be that too, because a lot of times people who work in law enforcement are in crazy situations and, um, you know, <laughs> You have to feel for them because like there's there's one school, there's like one thought or the other, like people, everyone's like either fuck the police or like we all love the police no matter what they do. And I think it's like anything else. It's in the middle. You know, you get people in there that are bad people and they do bad things. And there's some people in there who are good people who do good things. But even the good people who are in there, this could represent them because they have to they have to deal with those other people, um, you know, who abuse the power that they're given by us. So. You know, we always talk about abuses of power, so, which if anyone's given power, most people do abuse it. So that's that's kind of how I feel about that situation. But um, I feel like that could easily represent anybody in that situation or even in the medical field because you see a lot of crazy things, uh, you know. Or a death. Like I was going to say like something like a crime scene investigator where it's like you see those things and it's like, how do you 
how do you go home at night and then not replay those in your mind? Yeah, it's got to be rough. I mean, I guess everyone's different, but yikes. Okay, so I feel like we've pretty much wrapped up our nine of swords here. Long yep. story short, I think what I can say is if this card comes up in a reading, you're clearly worried about something. Yeah, for sure. And just remember that worrying is just more focusing on the future. And just like I said about the past, it's okay to think about the future and um, plan for it and stuff. We, we shouldn't be stuck there all the time. Shouldn't be in constant worry because that's another way that you can easily be controlled. Because if you're in constantly in fear of what's going to happen to you in the future, you're not going to see what's going on right in front of you. Absolutely. Um, okay, so let's go into what we're going to talk about now, which is if you've been listening for since the very beginning, you know, we what we did is we also talked about the numerology of numbers one through 10. So I thought it would be really kind of nice to revisit some of that, but to look at the specific cards of all four suits and talk about how do they relate to that number and then how are they different and how are they similar. So we're going to look at the aces today. So the number one, we're looking at the ace of pentacles, the ace of wands, the ace of cups, the ace of swords. Thus far in our tarot podcast journey, we've only talked about the ace of swords and the ace of cups. I'm not going to necessarily go into, I think, a description of each of these cards, but there is blatant similarities in all of them. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about the similarities and then talk about the differences and then how do these relate to the number one. And so um, that's kind of what I wanted to do in terms of moving forward. So perhaps next week we'll be talking about the number two. So I'm looking at all four of these cards here and I have them laid out in front of me. I think combination of the four different elements. And what do I see that's the same in all of these is I see there's this cloud emanating from one side of the card. Two of the cards, the Ace of Pentacles, the Ace of Swords, the cloud is coming from the left hand side. The other two, the Ace of Cups, the Ace of Wands, the cloud is coming from the right hand side. And emerging from these clouds, there is this white hand that kind of has a halo around it. And each one of these hands, again, it's just one hand, is holding the solitary sword, cup, wand, pentacle. And I think what I, I also want to bring up is that the background color is the same in all these cards. It's like a light gray. And the, but what's different is under hands that I guess landscaping on each of these is very, very different. Okay. So Brandon, what were your thoughts looking at these? Well, I just had, because you were talking about, um, the different clouds, right, that are coming from the right and left. <clears throat> so that just, I just had a thought yeah. that that's probably representing the right hand or the right side of the brain and the left side of the brain. Like, where are these different, maybe if we think about ideas, if we think about them as ideas or manifestations or whatever they are, if you're looking at them internally and esoterically, so we're, we're thinking about coming from inside of us, um, instead of like, you know, the, the outside universe, the inside, that's what I feel it represents. So then you have the suit of swords and the suit of pentacles coming from the left hand side or the left brain. And then you have right brain would be um, the cups or the wands. 
Um, I want to feel like mind blown because when I think about <sighs> pentacles and I think about swords, I think about more logic and the idea of like using that side of your brain of like making money and making decisions. And then the more emotional intuitive side, obviously we've already talked about the suit of cups, but definitely then with the suit of wands, which for me kind of always means like working on yourself um, or any kind of work in general. So I love that. Yeah, it's it's insane how much that there's that there are in these. And I also love how there are. So there's mountains in not all of them, maybe the cups. There's like a little bit of land coming up, but we see water and definitely both cards uh, from the right hand side, the right perspective, which is awesome. And then you see clear mountains in the ones on the left. So on the right, it's maybe not as pronounced. So the cups and the wands. But the swords and the pentacles, for sure, we see that there's definitely some nice mountains. Well, let's look at the kind of um, landscaping on all of those cards. So for the swords, we've already talked about it. It is mountains. And for me, that's just looking at kind of the ups and downs in life and the decisions you have to make and the obstacles you might have to overcome. Cups, we've already talked about. It's like a watery type of landscape that has these like water lilies and things like that in there. And so that definitely for me is like very intuitive and emotional and loving. Um, but let's look at the other two, which we haven't talked about yet. Okay, so what were your thoughts on the pentacles um, like landscaping? Well, pentacles, we always talk about how it represents the earth and anything in the earth and the world in the physical realm. So I like how it looks like it's that you're enshrined in a garden, because if you think of maybe like the garden of Eden, where all life started life on earth. Uh, it looks like that's where we are. And you see these looks like little flowers coming up, but they're not really that big. They're just, it's like small growth, like new growth. Um, and then you have the path, which leads you outside of the garden and it leads you up into the mountains. So it's your, that's basically like your Dharma, your path in life in the obstacles that you're going to face in the future. So right now it's new creation. It's somebody like think of a baby and how a baby has to be nurtured by his parents until it can learn how to walk and then, you know, be fed and everything and taken care of. So it's the same thing. And then once it gets old enough, it can walk its own path. So that's kind of what I'm getting from this card right here. I'm looking at it and I'm feeling like the, um, the kind of um, archway and, and the the growth of all of these flowers and plants is definitely relates back to the idea of wealth and um, success, because if you were not successful growing these things, um, it'd be dead and you wouldn't have any of that stuff. So I think it's such a nice reflection of like the one archway, the one path tying back into the number one, tying into the idea of like being successful. If I'm looking at the wands, again, I'm tying that into the idea of putting in the work, putting in the effort, kind of using your skills. And all I see here is kind of a, a mountainous landscape. There is a river in it, right? But there is also a kind of castle in the back and kind of having to interact with others. If you put in the work, perhaps then it would transverse into this pentacles, um, like overflowing kind of uh, very productive garden. So I really like how they all kind of reflect back to what each suit is supposed to be talking about. Um, 
Now what I wanted to talk about is the number one and how it kind of relates. So we've already talked about the number one. You can go back and listen to it, but you know, it's the number of independence, self-sufficiency, and self-determination. I think it's really nice that each of the cards has obviously the one solitary um, item in it, but it also has the one hand. So you don't see the other hand holding on to it or the two hands holding on or the other hand is doing something else. Um, it's definitely the number of acting alone, which it seems like this is. I said that what I love about all these cards, it kind of gives this like divine intervention. It makes it seem like this is being a gift from the gods, right? Because it's coming out of a cloud. And I said that what I like about that is it really ties into this idea of, I think this happens a lot of times with people who maybe are a number one and have leadership tendencies. They think they're like, destined to lead and they were supposed to lead and they have these gifts and traits that are better than other people. And I think that there's a cockiness that comes from that. And I think that that's something that needs to get brought up. Right. Um, you know, the quote of like, no man is an Island. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's the problem where, like I was talking about before with power, when every, when anybody has power, especially, power a bunch of power over other people and they have to do what they say most times people are going to take advantage of that so it's really about individuality and going inside yourself and getting to know yourself and once you um know yourself like that you can't lie to yourself so you won't be able to delude yourself and, and um, you won't be able to convince yourself that you are better than other people and you should that you know what's better for them and that you should rule them. Right. Absolutely. I also wanted to bring up the fact that like, you know, and I don't want to focus on the negative then of a number one, because I think there is such a strength in being able to, you know, guide yourself, be alone, be your own leader, or even potentially lead others. And I think that the like, kind of aura coming off of each of these hands kind of reflects that like it's okay sometimes to just do your own thing be your own person um and know that you you need to be confident in your potential to be able to do that you know not everyone's going to be a leader but everyone should at least lead themselves sometimes i think yeah for sure and if you think of the way these uh, it looks like they're gifts bestowed to you that are coming from maybe God or the creator, they are coming from inside of you, inside your consciousness. So whatever caused your consciousness to come, you know, some people think it's just totally random, which I have a hard time believing. I'm not saying that I'm like, I believe in God and everything that's in the Bible. Obviously, if you've listened to this podcast, you know that that's not what I'm about. But I feel that there I don't feel that intelligence can be can be created from non-intelligence so i just feel that there's something some kind of intelligent um some kind of intelligence in the universe that's that created us you know it, whether it took millions or billions of years or however it was um however you want to look at it or whatever you believe and i feel that that's when we get this idea it's coming from that intelligence from that consciousness so it it is coming from us, but it's also coming I from totally the same you. spark that created everything, if you think about it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then just to, to throw another idea out there is um, because this is the ace, 
Um, I do want to just bring up that this is the start of kind of the numbered cards of each of these suits. So it's like kind of the start of the journey in each of these suits. And, and you know, I love my little cliche sayings. It's kind of the idea of a journey begins with a single step. So this is going to give hints as to what lies ahead potentially in each of these suits. Or for you, if it comes up in a reading. Yeah, yeah. It's just like the beginning of any journey. Yep. New beginnings. Something different is coming. I've got to tell you, I'm really happy that we're kind of going back to this because I think that the idea of numerology, eventually what I think we both want to do is I, I know like go back to like the idea of our birth charts and astrology and positioning of things and numbering of like or numerology is so important when we're talking about those things. Um, so I do like having a little bit of a refresher, but I don't want to beat a dead horse here. So I feel pretty good that we've talked about the ace of all of these cards. Did you have anything you wanted to add? No, I think we're good with that. Okay, so for the next part in the podcast, we're going to look at another interpretation of the Nine of Swords. It's a different deck, so it's a different image. Brandon gives a description, and we kind of just go into our initial thoughts here. All right, so today we're talking about the Nine of Swords in the Alistair Crowley Thoth deck. Mm -hmm. All right, so um, I really, this card is just crazy. Because there's generally not a lot of um, I don't I don't know what the right word is there's not a, there's I don't you know I'm just gonna describe it and then maybe I can get into what I'm trying to say here so basically it's a very easy description there's nine red swords all pointing down different various lengths the ones on the outside are shorter than the ones on the inside the ones on the inside are a little longer so they they um come out and it looks like there's red drops dripping off of every sword and it looks like they could be blood but then again like i said the swords are red so it could just be like the essence of the swords or the swords themselves maybe melting and then the background is like a brownish tan that fades down it gets darker at the bottom and there's all these uh geometrical shapes in the background like we've seen in all, a lot of these cards and there's also <clears throat> looks like other droplets of maybe uh, maybe some kind of rain, but it's like a tan color. And at the bottom it says cruelty. Okay, so I'm, all right, let's look at the card. At the bottom you have the symbol, the two, which is going to be Gemini. But at the top you have the map symbol for Mars. Mars is the god of war. So when I'm looking at this, that's all I'm thinking. I'm thinking swords, violence, war. So I do think these are blood droplets. And then the drops in the background, I likened to tears, especially because the name on the card is cruelty. I just thought like the combination of blood and tears with these swords, it shows like almost a lack of consideration, again, for me, for um, life or it's I'm hang on you're breaking up again pretty bad right now emotionally or physically oh um so i said that there's a number which is our sign for gemini and there's the the masculine symbol up at the top which is the sign for mars and mars was the god of war and if i'm looking at this i'm saying that these blood these little red droplets coming off of the swords is blood and the other droplets in the back are going to be tears and a combination of the blood one of these sort either emotionally slash psychologically with the tears or physically with the blood drops and the actual swords 
especially because the name on the card is cruelty. So what did you say? The, um, just the part about you said about the drops broke up. Everything else came through right there. Oh, I said that the red drops on the bottom are blood and the drops in the background are tears. Oh, okay. All right. That that makes much more sense. Oh, yeah. All right. I like that. They kind of remind me of rain also, but it's it could be it's like a similar. They're both would be water. Right. Well, I, I'm just going off the name of the card cruelty, and it's like one of those no matter what, I'm going to kind of cut you down. Yeah, kind of like my cat is saying right now, because <laughs> he's like, there's people chainsawing. I want to go watch. And I'm like, no, you can't. And he's like, I want to watch. So you can't go outside. Sorry, <laughs> cat. There's a tree and a chainsaw. It'll be bad for you. Yeah, no, I like that. But I also um, I feel like especially if you turn this card upside down. Have you looked that upside down? It looks so much different. But the uh, the drops then actually they don't even look they kind of obviously they look more like blood when it's when it's right side up but when you turn it upside down the stars are pointing up it looks they look more like flare flares like flames coming up burning up or going into the into the air and even when it's right side up and the the drops are coming down to me it kind of looks like it's just the swords melting away so no matter mm-hmm. wh- whatever the, it is that they're made of um, it's getting to the point where they're just starting to melt and disappear. So if you think of kind of like the Rider weight, how those swords are uh, in the ether, in the imagination, maybe this is the same thing, and they're starting to, the person is starting to realize that, and the, and the swords are starting to lose their power over them. Yeah, absolutely. And if you look at the swords themselves, none of them are perfect. They're all like missing bits and pieces. So I love the idea of what you said, like, these red drops perhaps being the essence kind of coming away from it and taking these parts with it. That doesn't negate the fact that it's still sharp and sometimes taking something away from something like that that makes it more jagged and dangerous. Yeah, for sure. I'm not going to lie. I am going to be excited when we are out of the suit of swords because (laughs) it's very heavy. (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely, especially in this deck, um, because as the bottom of the card, the background comes down, it starts to get dark. So it looks like whatever is wherever these drops are heading, it's just into like the ether, into the darkness. That's where the problems could mm-hmm. lie. What about the yeah, shapes no, of the you. swords, like the handles? What what do they say to you? They remind me of like. Looks like a, a like the bottle in Aladdin, you know, the genie bottle kind of looks like that. <laughs> oh, the lamp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the lamp. Yeah, um, that's what I'm. It kind of also reminded me a little bit, yeah, like the direction that it pointed, almost like the idea of like a the dance move, like walk like an Egyptian. Oh, yeah. Because yep. you have one thing pointing one way and the other um, like up at a like right angle and the other one is pointing downward at a right angle a little bit. Um, and then you have this one that kind of you would hold on to, that, like that connects the actual sword that you would hold on to with your hand. Um, it just seems like it would be very uncomfortable to hold these swords, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. All right, anything else? Um, no, I'm good, I think. 
All right. Yeah, I think that's good for me in this this card, too. So for the last few minutes, let's take both of these cards, both eights, eight of swords, I'm sorry, and let's compare those. The similarities of the card are uh, that you really that I noticed right away is that all the swords are arranged in the same pattern. They're not facing the same way, but they're definitely all lined up so you can place them right on top of this card and they'll pretty much line up. I like that. Oh, Absolutely. I do love the, um, you know, for the Rider weight having the swords be horizontal for me kind of threw me a little bit just because it doesn't look like they're cutting this figure. And it's like, how would you get that top sword in there? I do prefer the swords going vertically. That makes more sense to me. Um, but I totally agree that they are kind of stacked up and they're spaced very evenly on both cards. Exactly. Um, the two differences in the arrangements of the swords, though, uh, other than the direction is that in the Thoth deck, you could see the bottoms of the swords, and you, so you could see which ones are longer. Here, you can't tell which ones are longer, except the other difference is the handles are just a little bit off, whereas in the Thoth deck, they're all lined up. So I think that might also go to something with the length of them, but like I said, we, we can't see. Maybe they're all the same length, maybe they're not. Hmm, that exactly that would be really interesting i don't see how they could all be the same length in the rider weight one unless it was like this jagged wall they were going into yeah or if if you just if we're just not seeing the rest of the picture you know maybe that's not the wall maybe that's just uh we're just getting a snapshot of what we see oh that'd be really interesting to kind of make that uh like do like a um a panoramic of this picture and see what happens at the other side. Yeah. See if maybe there's like where the rest of the swords are. Yeah. And maybe there's drops coming off the edges of those swords too. Maybe that's what Alistair Coley was trying to show you there. Honestly, I prefer the, the coloration of the rider weight just because I feel like it, it ties more into the idea of that loneliness and dis despair. But I can say that the other nine of swords really ties into what I was saying about that, like wrath and kind of anger and revenge, honestly. Yeah, something that you would um, maybe associate more with the swords. But if you think of them intellectually, um, because if you think of swords as like ideas, the nine could be almost the fulfillment, like in the, in the Thoth deck, because it's coming all together. So maybe... It's just that, you know, how the 10 is the completion. So you're one step before that completion. Yep. So you have everything lined up and your swords are ready to go. You know, like they're red hot and they're melting or they're they've just been in battle and now they're dripping on blood or whatever it is. But you have them lined up and you're ready to go get into that 10. Yeah, it's like you're almost there. You're almost going to finish it up, whatever it is. Yeah, like this episode, I think that's a great place to end it. <laughs> So what are we oh, going to be talking about, Ashley? Uh, no, Ashley, wow. What are we going to be talking about next week, Ashley? We are talking about the Ten of Swords. It that card comes up in one of my favorite movies, so I'll talk about that next week. We're talking about the Ten of Swords. We're going to talk about the number two. Look at the two are the variation of the twos in our four different suits in the Rider Weight deck. And then who knows? We'll see what we feel like. Yeah, we'll see what we come up with next week. Well, hey, everybody, thank you for listening. And sorry about all the chainsaws and the dogs barking and the cats meowing. But um, that's what happens when a tree falls on Halloween night because it was, like, very windy. It was very spooky and crazy. But 
it was fun. So uh, just like this episode. So thanks, everybody. Go to Terrible.com, T-A-R-O-T. B-U-L-L.com and also check us out on Instagram at Terrible2. I post all the cards that we put up. That's T-A-R-O-T-B-U-L-L, the number two. And you can also find us at ComedyLOL.com. You can use the Amazon link there to do your shopping and support us or donate to us there. And until next week, stay terrible. Comedy, LOL, Podcast Network.